Hello and welcome to No Refunds. We are a nonsensical ramblings podcast. Um, we're here to talk about movies, TV, uh, comics, uh, video games, and everything geeky that uh, you know and love. Um, my name is Dwight, and joining me today is Alex. Okay, we are minus one Tiffany, unfortunately, today. But um, before we get started, um, I know we usually go over a little rundown and uh, talk about what we've been doing, which we probably have a lot because it's been a while. But um, I just wanted to go over a little bit of housekeeping. So part of the reason we haven't been doing um, a podcast for the past couple of months at this point is um, Tiffany and I are moving. We're in the process of that. And uh, things have been really busy. I know you've had uh, stuff going on in your life as well, Alex. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. Uh, so so, uh, so we, things are kind of in flux right now. But what I've done is I have gone out and I have bought some new microphones, some new stands, and I have an old Tascam recorder that I've been using. So we're going to take this baby home uh we're not going to be uh, recording in the studio as much anymore um so we'll be able to do this a lot more frequently so it'll be a lot more easier which is nice um and i want to give a shout out to i went to a party last friday um and i was talking with my friend scott curlin and he is the one or scott i don't know if he wants his last name on here nice I was talking with my friend Scott, and um, he actually got some microphones for his birthday, and uh, those are the exact same ones that I bought, so thank you, Scott, for the recommendation. Um, They are newer uh, 700s. Yeah, thanks, Scott. They sound really good. I like them. And you can't hear what they sound like because I'm wearing the headphones. I'll hear eventually. Yeah, eventually. Okay, so um, let's get started proper. Uh, Alex, what have you been up to? Um, I've been doing a lot of things, but the first thing I want to talk about is... Some new music I've been listening to. Oh, I, know, okay. I know we don't talk about music a lot on this podcast. Well, you I, went fe- through a- I feel like I bring it up the most often. Yeah, well, once before, and you brought because you talked about that album that had come out. Yeah, anyway, Jeff so, Buckley. Yes. I talked about the Jeff Buckley album. So, actually, two albums have come out in the last couple of weeks that I want to talk about. Okay, what do you got? The first one is the new Radiohead album. It's called A Moon-Shaped Pool. It, like, people were talking about it for years oh, so it's a big it, deal it, it's, it's been because a big of deal. one specific song correct well it's been a big deal because you know everyone always wants a new radiohead album because they're a hugely popular band and their last album came out when i was in high school so 2007 oh, geez, i want to say alex the dinosaurs are rolling the earth yes yes when, the earth. um but that was you know Nine, nine years 2007? ago. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're so, coming up on nine. So nine years ago. So everyone since then has been speculating. Oh wait, wait, wait. sorry. Twenty eleven. Five oh. years. Wow. Yeah, that's still a long, that's still a pretty long time for music. In um, Usually the cycle is two years. So everyone's been speculating since the King of Limbs came out, which was their last album. Like, what's LP nine? They call it LP nine. What's it gonna be? What's it gonna be like? Because they their sound kind of changes from album to album. Mm-hmm. So everyone was speculating, and then just one Tuesday, I want to say, they just dropped a single out of nowhere. No one was expecting it. They released a music video. First, they deleted everything off of their social media account. and like, then deleted their social media account or just deleted, deleted like, every, every single post? Every post. Huh. And then they posted one video of like a, a cartoon bird chirping, and, oh. and then like an hour later, they posted the video. That's kind of cool. And the song was called Burn the Witch. It was the first single off the album and also the first track off the album. And everyone was like, oh my God, they're going to release the the album soon. And then that Friday, they released a music video that was directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. That was the second track off the album, Daydreaming. And then that Sunday, they they released the album. Oh, wow. Out of nowhere. That's a really quick turnaround. It was so fast, so out of the blue, and it was awesome. That's pretty cool. I 
it's really cool that they have that ability. Like, not a lot of bands have that kind of popularity where that kind of um, out of the blue thing would actually get, get traction. Besides, like, Beyonce, there's no right. one that, like, really has been able to do that. I know um, one of the bands I follow, uh, Say Anything, did that recently, but you haven't heard about that album outside of, exactly. like, I mean, the small circle of people who, who care about that band. But yep. this is, like, a huge this is, band, this so is it's, huge. It's, it's a big deal. Like, it's every... Awesome. Like, normally, you do press tours leading up to an mm-hmm. album to, like, promote it and all this, but they just dropped an album, and then just this Friday, it was actually released in physical form. Oh, and it's only been digital this it was time? Di- it was digital when it was released, um, I guess that would have been... It was in May, right? Late, or... late May uh, is when it was released digitally. It just came out this past Friday mm-hmm. on physical, so I went out and bought it, and it's just, it's a great album. I... Anyone who's a fan of Radiohead will like it. Even people who aren't super fans will probably like it because it's different sound. It's kind of like chill Radiohead. Um, so, more, more chill than their usual stuff. So cards on the table. I've never actually listened to a Radiohead song besides, I think, Creep, Creep whichever yeah. one's on Rock Band, and yeah. they sung on South Park that one time. Yeah. Um, where would you suggest getting started in Radiohead? Would you suggest starting with the new album, or is there like a greatest I, hits playlist, or is that a bad sampling? I I would say greatest hits is mm, not a bad way to start, but not the way I would start. Okay. Um, one of the things I really like about the band is that each album has its own specific sound, so you can love one album and then hate the next one. It's not like they uh progressively got worse as some bands do or so, or sold out <laughs> in any sort of way um they just kind of they jump from one genre almost to another mm-hmm. and so i would say a good jumping on point would just be like listen to a couple of random songs and oh, okay if you like a song look at what album it's off of because the albums definitely have a feel to them so oh, okay so oh that makes sense so if you like this one specific right. song you'll so, probably like the rest of yeah that's grouped with so like their their earliest album is like you know the most pop of them and then you know kid a is very electronic and no, then, obviously and then um this one's really chill and laid back and like something someone would get high to i would imagine um, so is the I know that um, one of the things that I saw when I was reading about this is like this is the first time that they've released one of those like a big song of theirs is oh yeah so a couple of the songs off of the album are songs that they've only performed live before mm-hmm. um, so songs like Identicate and um, uh, I think Glass Eyes is one of the other ones mm-hmm. are tracks that they've performed live and everyone's been waiting for a studio version of the big one is true love waits okay that which, was the one which is the that. last track on the album yep. which is a song that they've been performing since like the 90s yeah i was reading about that they've, it was like 92 or they've 93 been performing it live since the early 90s like since their second album came out the bands mm-hmm. and um they actually released a live version of it on a live album that they released oh, okay. in, in the early 2000s called uh, i might be wrong and that live, now are you saying that? Or that's that's the, the name of the, the that's ha, ha. the name of the album. I might be wrong. Um, and that live version's awesome, but um, is the studio version the like studio version very different? And okay. it's it's really cool how they changed the sound so much. Uh, it's a great album. I would highly suggest it to almost anyone. Um, yeah, so cool. Th- that's great. The other album I just wanted to plug real quick. Okay. I haven't listened to it a lot came out on Friday. 
It's the new Red Hot Chili Peppers album. Oh, I heard a called, single off that. Called The Getaway. Um, Dark Necessities was probably. the first single, single they dropped. So I heard it on the radio. The Dark Necessities came out uh, two, maybe three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it's awesome. And the entire album, I've listened to three quarters of it. Nice. I listened to it on the ride over. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and it's really cool. It's nice. But like... If you like Red Hot Chili Peppers, it's mm-hmm. definitely a good album. It's very funky. Okay. Um, awesome. It leans a lot on Flea's bass lines in most of the songs. It's it's as really good. It's I As someone who's always loved Red Hot Chili Peppers, it's a very good album. I'm a bad Red Hot Chili Peppers fan because I've tried listening to their... like The way that I try to do music when I when I get it, it's probably not the best way to... It's in bulk. Uh, well, yeah. Well, yeah. Basically, like I'll, I'll say, okay, I want to listen to this band, so I'll go and I'll find whatever their earliest album was, and I'll just listen to it chronologically, right. which probably isn't always the best way to do it. And it was really, I tried doing that with the Peppers, and it was hard because their early stuff is so, like, weird funk, like yep. a weird like surfer skater punk. I might, yeah. I might be they're describing really, that incorrectly. Their really but it was... early stuff is hard. They're one of those few bands that I think got better with time. Um, That's a, that might be a controversial thing. So I know, like, I, I like, I love their singles. I love like Danny California. Right. I love um, Californication right. and those type of songs. But I, I think easily Californication's their best album, mm-hmm. and then probably by the way, eh, maybe even the Getaway, the new one, mm-hmm. is their second oh, wow. best album. I think those three, which are later albums for them, yeah, are are better than like Blood Sugar Sweat yeah. Magic or Mother's Milk. Which are good albums, but mm-hmm. eh, I think they came into their sound yeah, more, and I, cool. I very much like it. Like they're a great band. Their new album, I'm gonna listen to it a lot in the next week, but it's really good. Nice, that's uh, awesome to hear. Um, I've been listening to a couple of the new Blink One Eighty Two singles. Yeah, I'm really excited for that album to come out. Um, do, do we know when it's coming out? Yeah, uh, July first. Oh, it, awesome. it's like it's a couple Soon. of weeks. It's really really close nice. at this point. So they um, about a month ago they released their first one. Um, Damn it, I can't remember the name of it. Damn it, it's one of their other songs. Yeah. Uh, I forget the name of it because I'm a really, really good podcaster. Nice. But it was fun. It was good. Um, it was my issues. I had a couple of issues with it. Like, obviously, like, okay, I'm a big Blink-182 fan. And um, so I, I really like the classic lineup, Tom, um, Mark, and Travis. Right. But uh, with the new guy, um, Matt Skiba, uh, him and Mark's vocals sound very, very similar. And it was mm. really, really hard to tell them apart in, in the song. Um, on my first listening to it, I didn't realize that it was even someone else singing. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, so it was it was fine, uh, but the song itself was really good. Um, I I liked the the guitar, I liked Mark's bass part, and Travis is one of the best drummers in the world, so I was really really excited about that. Um, the newest one, um, Rabbit Hole, is their new single. Uh, yep. It's fine. It um, the lyrics seem a little uninspired to me. Um, the first line is deer head, shut up. I mean, and it just sounds like really, I don't know, flat and like, uh, Oh, we wrote this in like an afternoon and um. it was uh, a little rough, but, um, I'm still excited for the album. I'm happy that, the, that they're actually making music because when they first came back in 2009, I was really excited. And then it took, I think two and a half years for their album, their, for neighborhoods to come out. Right. And it's been five years at this point in 2011. Um, they're, they're like Radiohead. Yeah. Uh, for another album to come out. And it was uh, rough because they would constantly be saying, yeah, we're going to the studio in two months. And then two months would turn into a year and then a year turned into three years and then three years turned into, they kicked one of the members out. They kicked Tom out. Yeah. So they oh, finally man. are actually writing music, which Good. is nice. 
Um, I can't wait for that album. Yeah. I didn't know it was so soon. Yeah, it's going to be really soon. I'm not going to go see them live because I saw them live once, and the show was fantastic. But getting literally getting out of the parking lot was the biggest nightmare. And for that reason alone, I will not go see them because they only play big stadium shows. Right. And I hated that the experience of trying to leave and get there it was just it just didn't feel worth it to me yeah um i prefer my shows to be tiny and in house of blueses and uh yeah small little venues that's yeah, that's right that I like. makes sense uh, so i think that's it for me yeah music sounds good have you been watching any tv tv um yes and no um I've been the only thing that we've really because we're in a state of flux over here, uh, we haven't really had time to sit down and like watch anything. We don't even have like a, a living room right now uh, because it's being uh, gutted so that way the the, ho- the house here can be sold. Um, so we've just been watching stuff basically when, while we're eating, and so we've just been doing um, light sitcoms. So we've been doing a lot of South Park, mm. uh, Tiffany and I, and um, uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. We're oh. almost done with the first season. Uh, it's been a fun show. I, it started out a little rough, but it's definitely gotten a lot better. Um, you started with season one? Yes. And you've, oh, okay. So we're almost done with season one at this point. We have oh, like wow. two more episodes. Boyle's about to get married. Oh, wow. I, I, I don't think that's going to last because I've, it's a sitcom. Yeah. I love um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Mm-hmm. That's a great show. Yeah, it's funny. Um, um, I'm, I'm impressed with Andy Samberg. I, I, I liked him on SNL. I liked his skits that I would watch, like the, the um, internet stuff. And... Uh, I'm very happy that he has something that I, he can do. I oh have always thought Andy Hamburg, Andy Hamburg, Ooh, Andy, Andy Hamburg, S- Andy Sandberg was hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Like he was either hilariously funny or unbearable. Okay, and I, I think he is absolutely perfect yeah. on Brooklyn Nine Nine. It is. I never thought I'd like the show because I was so hot or cold on him, mm-hmm. and I love it. Nice. I I got into it because somebody at work told me to watch it and i just i blew through all of it gross but that's cool that's <laughs> all uh, it, it's a really fun show but like i said other than that we haven't really been watching anything um i've been keeping up with game of thrones i haven't been watching it um so that might not be like the best way to be experiencing that but um it's not the worst way at least you're experiencing it somehow true yeah. Um, there's actually a good YouTube uh, channel that I want to plug. Uh, it's called Alt Shift X. Yep. Uh, they have the most amazing recaps, and that's what I, I wait all week for at this point. Uh, not that I don't um, listen to other stuff throughout the week, but they have the best recaps of it, and it's fantastic. Because he also goes into theories and um, like different uh, like why plot lines are potentially important or are disappointing. Right. I really, I really like that. Yeah, I've, I've been watching Game of Thrones, and I've I've been thoroughly enjoying this season. There have been some misses in my opinion mm-hmm. but overall it's been a pretty strong season the misses that i've heard of specifically about like the handling of Arya's character yeah i think that was like the big that, one that everyone that's been my biggest disappointment though i'm also fairly disappointed with jamie's character on the whole but that might be more my attachment to the book character because he's one of the he's really off book yeah hard ever yeah. since he got back to king's landing um in season four i feel like he just hasn't grown or developed right. at all and n- not even close to the way he was developed in the books mm-hmm. which is why like i fell in love with him in a feast for crows mm-hmm. and they, that's when he, they, that's what they've mostly yeah. mangled a yeah. feast for crows and, and his dance dragon storyline so yeah. that's why i'm kind of disappointed there but i see why they're doing it because it's a show and it's Do adaptation you, and it has yeah, to happen this exactly way. things can't always be the same can't, right. things can't be one-to-one 
I saw the preview for next week, and uh, did you watch that? Did you see the preview for next I week? Did. Okay. I did. I don't want to spoil anything for anyone that well, it's, you know it, it, it's isn't pre- caught it, up. I guess it's the preview. I was going to ask you because I the, in the preview I see him at the with the phrase. Do you think he's going to die? No. 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 I don't okay. think so. Probably not. No. Well, like uh, him at the phrase. Like I. I, I Something bad is going to happen to them, I really feel. Like, I know that George R. R. Martin's big on, um, well, not everything happens for a reason. or it, right. Good uh, good guys don't always win. Bad guys uh, don't always lose. But I really feel like something's coming to the phrase. Um, yeah. Even based on what's happened in the books that hasn't happened in the show yet. Right. Like right. pies and stuff like that. Yeah. Fray pies? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I think there's a lot of big stuff in store for next week, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm definitely excited. A lot of green stuff. <laughs> a lot of green stuff. I really think that's going to happen. Oh, it's definitely happening. Nice. Um, in terms of TV that I've been watching, yes. other, other than um, Got. Game, Game of Thrones, um, I watched Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt Season 2 on Netflix, which was, you know, fine. It was, <laughs> fine. It was just like the first season. It wasn't amazing. It wasn't terrible. It had some great episodes that really had me cackling and then some episodes where i like just totally tuned it out because it was boring that's too bad it's just like the first season i would say it it's hard to really enjoy on anything more than a sitcom kind of level Mm -hmm. but some of the episodes did have kind of poignant political opinions that i actually enjoyed but were, were those type of episodes where they're like kind of bottle episodes where that, that storyline gets resolved within that episode yeah. and they make the point? Yeah, okay, basically. So um, I was just wondering if like maybe it was like a they talk about something and then like it's like a little arc for a character. Not, not really. The only arc for a character I was Jane Krakowski's character mm-hmm. who she's all about the... Um, about the money? No, you know change? how she's Native American in the show? Yeah, she like went to the reserve at the end of the last yeah, season. Yeah, there's, there's, that's kind of an overarching plot. To okay. this season, um, huh. where, where her Native American heritage, which is good, I like. I like that. I, overall, boss. it wasn't terrible. It wasn't a waste of my time. It wasn't Game of Thrones. So <laughs> a few things are. Um, um, I, I've also um, Orange is the New Black season four came out on Friday. Yeah, I haven't watched. I that haven't. Yet. I haven't finished it. I've, I'm about halfway through it. Nice. It's been very enjoyable, as all the seasons of Nor- Orange is the New Black are. Um, but at the same time, parts of it are very forgettable. Forgettable, like I didn't realize how forgettable last season was until I went to watch season four and yeah. accidentally played an episode from season three and didn't realize I'd already seen it until like halfway through. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Um, there wasn't. I feel like last season there wasn't um, like a. I know it's like weird to do a, a big bad in a show like that, but right. there wasn't a storyline that could match the V storyline exactly. from season two, which felt really like almost like an Endgame style yep. thing. But it's weird because I mean, this is like a show about just like these women's lives. But I feel like Piper has really not been important to the show beyond the first season. She has right. been like on the back burner, and I'm not interested in her storyline or what happens to her anymore. I, 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 I was invested when she started because, I mean, she was our focal point and, and we were learning everything through her. But now, I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like they have completely dropped the ball on her being interesting. Yeah. I, I think that um, of all the characters that I, w- I would want to be the main character, I want to see more Red. Red's always oh, Red's my favorite awesome. character. And 
Um, they've actually had a fair amount of her this season. It's that's good. It's been a pretty solid season so far. I'm actually really excited for the last three episodes. I, I have three more left, so okay. I'm a little oh, more. So than you're, yeah, you're way over half. There's what thirteen or fourteen? Th- thirteen. Okay, I have four more. Um, so I'm a little over halfway. Nice. But it's been a pretty solid season. Uh, maybe I'll remember it. <laughs> maybe I won't. Um, yeah, the only thing I remember from the last season is they all swam in a pool. Or, that's uh, how it ended. At the end. Yeah, yeah they got, it, they got out of the prison. Oh, and Alex almost got murdered. So we're gonna yeah, find out about I did. That. I did. Oh, wait. No, uh, sorry. Uh, Donna almost got murdered. Donna. Um, Laura Propone. Yes. Uh, do you think the show's going to go on for much longer? Like, how have they announced another season? I know it's really successful for them, but it, how many it, more re- stories do they It is they really successful, and it's really popular. So um, I imagine it'll keep going. The thing is, you know, how how long can you continue it? Because some of these people are going to get out. Oh, and, yeah. These people and, are going to be huge and, soon. Well, I'm, I'm talking about in terms of the story. Oh, like, yeah, pe- yeah. People get out I of prison. And, like, if most of the popular characters get out mm-hmm. of prison, then you're going to start screwing yourself. Or you're going to have to start shoehorning plot lines into keeping these people in prison, and then it's gonna feel forced. They've already probably. done that with, um, oh, the curly-haired, uh, the 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 chubby one. Why can't I think of her name? She was friends with Pusey. Um, she's, um, she was tasty. V, v, uh, t- yeah, mm-hmm. I think Tasty. V's V's like adoptive daughter. Um, it's either Tasty or um the other one, which the other one is watching it. I, I think I think it's name. I think it's tasty, um, but in the first season she gets out. Like I know it's like first seasons are like they they were kind of doing it to prove a point with her character, I guess. But right. like she got out and then she was back in within like three or four episodes. Right. And like that, it was almost like the Shawshank. Yeah. Um, uh, in, Red in, was that in no, terms of a, a season one plotline, that that's fine. Mm-hmm. But once if it starts happening more frequently and more often without character development payoff, yeah. Then it's gonna seem forced. Yeah, like they did it again with Alex in season right. two, and then into season three. Like right. you, you can't keep on. Yeah, I agree with you. You can't keep on keeping these people in a prison. Right. Um. But I have faith in them to keep uh, producing entertainment that yeah keeps me occupied and happy. It takes up thirteen hours of your life. Yeah, so that's all you need. Um. So uh, have you been watching anything else? Or? Uh, nothing else on Netflix. But um, I did watch two AMC shows actually. Um, okay. Well. Preacher, which is four, oh, okay. four episodes in. I'm a big fan of the comics. Mm-hmm. I read all the comics a while ago. Um, it's a Garth Ennis comic. Yep. Um, came out oof, a while ago. In the 90s, in late the, 90s, in the, right? In the mid to late 90s yeah. is when it uh, came out. It was one of the f- not, not, it's not like a first creator-owned, because there was a bunch of creator-owned stuff, but it was one of like, the first big, big, big ones. Yeah, and it's a 60-issue run, I believe. That sounds right. Um, and it's great. The comics are amazing. And I think that's the perfect issue run for yep. for a Why the Last Man like was a sixty inch issue exactly. run, and it's my favorite comic. I, I know you could couldn't get into it, but it was uh, no. It is my favorite I'm comic. How many issues Lock and Key is? I think Lock and Key is like thirty four. Lock and Key is six volumes of six issues. The last the last one's eight. Okay, so thirty eight. Yeah, something like that. Um, Anyways, it's awesome. Um, it's coming back. There's going to be a new Lock and Key series. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, that's it's coming out in October. Joe Hill? Yep, and, Joe, and Joe Hill and Rodriguez. Because oh, uh, yeah, they just had a book come out, um, Tales from the Dark Side. And it's it's uh, apparently in the mid-2000s, Joe Hill was going to write the new Tales from the Dark Side yep. uh, show. And it never took off. But now he's t- t- turning all of his scripts into uh, comic. 
and it's him and Gabriel Rodriguez, and that's awesome. And in the back of the first issue was just a lock and key ended in 2013, but in 2016 it will continue, and it's a, a brand new series. I have no idea what it's about, oh, but I'm super awesome. excited. That's so exciting. Yeah. I I just I binged it what last February. Whenever I forced you to read it, I, I forget. It was I want to say last February. That sounds about not right. not. Like not 2016, 2015. Not 2016, 2015. Yeah. I think uh, that yeah. is probably my favorite comic series of all it's time. It's one of my favorites. It, it was really good. Yeah. But we'll see when Saga ends. But yeah. currently, for a complete package, for me, it's Lock and Key. Yeah, and for me, it's Why the Last Man. But that's besides the point. Yes. Preacher. Anyways, Preacher. Great comic. The show is, is spiritually the same, but doesn't mm-hmm. follow this the exact same plot points. Makes sense. Kind of like the Walking Dead adaptation, mm-hmm. kind of like Game of Thrones uh, in the later seasons. Yeah. Um, it's, I think the character beats are all there That's and good. very, very enjoyable to see these characters that you loved in the comic, like portrayed. So they're like faithful at least? Like they're, they're very faithful. That's awesome. I would say. Um, Cassidy's great. Uh, Pre- Preacher's great. Um, Our Space is great. It's a great comic. It's a great show. Nice. I would highly suggest it to anyone. Um, and then the other AMC show I, I watched. One other, oh, qu- one one other question. question. Is Garth Ennis involved in it at all? I know like Robert Kirkman is super involved I, in Walking Dead. So I, don't I don't know, know the level of involvement. Because I know that it's, it's Seth Rogen and Evan Gold. Yeah. Gold. Yep. Gold. Yeah. Gold. Goldstein. Goldstein. Goldsmith. Mm. Racists. Wow. Um, <laughs> Judaism isn't a race. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> Peopleists. I should probably stop talking. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> no, but like I know it's it's those two people who are doing it most. Like they're not show running it, but they're like the executive producers. It was kind of their baby. Yeah, I don't and know they, if they, they wrote and directed the first episode. I think they've had a huge hand in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Garth Ennis is involved, but I. It, I would hope he is. I would, I, mean, I would hope so. I honestly have no idea. Okay. He's um, probably an executive producer. Or he definitely is. I I see his name at the beginning of every episode twice. Based on one would be producer. based on one would be executive producer, but that doesn't necessarily it, mean a lot of it doesn't. Yeah. Um, and then the other yes. show I've been watching is uh, it was a mini series called The Night Manager. Okay, it was I've Hugh, never heard Hugh of it. Laurie and Tom Hiddleston. Oh, cool! And it's a um, espionage thriller story about um, Hugh Laurie's character who deals in illegal arms and Tom Hiddleston's character who is deals in illegal legs. Uh, Tom Hiddleston's character who um, is works Sorry. at a, he works at a hotel at the beginning of the series as the night manager mm-hmm. and then is eventually um, recruited by MI6 or whatever MI5 to mm-hmm. uh, um, infiltrate Hugh Laurie's operation oh, and, cool. and kind of help bring him down. So they're it's, like, a, they're like opposed to each other. Yeah. It, but they, but he's, you know, undercover helping him quote unquote. Oh, cool. It's, it's a really cool espionage kind of thriller show. Um, it's very British. I believe it was on BBC oh, okay. one or something. That and makes then sense. AMC aired it over here. Yeah, had the rights to air it. Um, yeah. It's a six episode series. It's great. Uh, Tom Hiddleston's phenomenal. Hugh Laurie's phenomenal. Uh, the other people whose names I don't know are phenomenal. Um, uh, Tom Hollander, I think, is in it. The guy that was the asshole. Can I say asshole? Sure. Uh, in Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, oh, um, the 
Kate. No, uh, yeah, Kate. Kate. No, not the one that got wanted to Keir, get with Kieran. Keir, oh, not Kieran Knightley's no, not boyfriend. The, not the first boyfriend guy. The the short guy that comes in later. The little admiral who yeah, comes into the him. second two. Who, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I remember. Him. Yeah, he Tom was, Hollander. He was obnoxious. He's he was really, a, he was a good villain. He's really good. He also plays a villain in this hmm. one. Um, it's really good. Uh, if you like miniseries, especially like, kind of like the prisoner, um, things like that. It's really gorgeous cinematography and great acting. BBC yeah. tends to have a really good like just track record when it comes to having a big name actors in a miniseries. Oh yeah. Yeah, it it was great. Um I swallowed it up in like a day. Wow. It, it, it was really good. It hour was, long episodes? Yes. Hour About long 45 episodes. or whatever. I, I'm closer to an hour. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, BBC, because BBC. that makes sense. Um, yeah, because Sherlock's what an hour and a half. Yeah. BBC knows no bounds. That's what I think the B stands for. Bounds, bounds, get out of here. Nice. With a C. Nice. That, that, cut them out. Bound, that totally yeah. makes sense. I think that's it. Yeah, um, nailed it. I think that's all the TV I've been watching. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm sorry that I have like very little to add to this because I've been I mean, super you've been very busy reason. with yeah. you know, house things. Yeah. Being but an adult. Yeah, you could say adulting. I don't I, like saying that, but you know, that's what I, I've been I'm, doing. It's what you've been doing. It's the accurate description for what you've been doing. True. Um, uh, yeah, so I think, I think now is the time to talk about movies, yes. which is going to be the bulk of this conversation. Sounds um, good to me. So, in terms of movies, I have watched a lot. You have watched a little. I've watched one. So, let's talk about yeah. my slew of movies that I have watched okay, in need- the last... Month need, and a half. We need a name for this segment that's going to be like Alex's Rapid Fire Movies, but that's a bad name. Um, I'll let you come up with one at some point. Okay. Uh, but let's just leave it at, you know, Alex talks about movies. Boom. Dwight listens attentively. A- AMC, Alex's Movie Corner. Alex's Movie Corner. I like it. Are you going to put me in the corner with a dunce cap? Baby in the corner. So these are in no particular order. Um... I watched The Jungle Book, the new John Favreau-directed Jungle Book. Mm-hmm. Um, it was amazing. Really? It, I really enjoyed it. I'm not a huge fan of the animated Jungle Book from, whatever, the I, 60s. I don't remember much of the original one. I like. I just remember not liking it when I was a kid. I thought it was really boring, and yeah, I think that's it, why I don't me remember too. very much. Me too. I, I really didn't enjoy it. I never connected with any of the characters. I haven't revisited it. Revisited it. It in a while. I so like the song. Some of the songs are really good. Some of the raw songs are very catchy, yeah. which which I really enjoy. But um, I was never really. I, I grew up. I watched it once. I didn't like it. So I've always kind of had that kind of yeah. you know feeling about yeah the Jungle Book not great. With this new one that came out, I, I was watching some of the old songs on the um, on YouTube, and it was so weird for Ka. Um, because I didn't realize that the person who voiced Khan the original was Winnie the Pooh. Yep. Uh, the guy who did Winnie the Pooh voice and literally did not change his voice at all. So Winnie the Pooh is seducing a little boy. Yep. And I did not like that. That's pretty normal. It was very creepy. Is no, it better with Scarlett Johansson? I don't... Yes. <sighs> is it? Okay. It is, yes. Sure. It, it, the answer is yes. I didn't realize that uh, Ka was a, was a female, though. I really... I thought it was just a... Maybe because Inter- I associated... Interpretation, okay. Sure. Um, it was really good. The animation was... Phenomenal. Nice. I, I thought it was going to kind of throw me off with, you know, f- realistic looking animals talking, but 
it was really, really well done. Hmm. And the fact that so many of the scenes and scenery were all CGI and it's actually hard to notice and how the lighting is just so spot on on all the CGI, it's it's really well done. Um, I loved it. Nice. Any yeah. questions before I No, I've, I've, heard, I've actually heard mostly good things about it, so um, I'm glad to hear that you liked it as yeah, well. Yeah, I was surprised that I liked it, but... I did. It's a plus because um, I know Disney's been doing a lot of these like remakes, so I'm yep. happy that one of them has been at least noteworthy. Because I mean, yeah. the other ones that I've heard of, um, Maleficent. Maleficent was. I heard Maleficent was a garbage fire. Ma- Maleficent was fine, yeah. not good. And I haven't heard anyone talk about the Cinderella movie at all. Cinderella was great. Was it? Oh, okay. Yeah, Cinderella was actually really I, I good. I haven't heard anything about it, and I, I'm nervous slash excited for, for the Beauty. Beauty and the Beast. Um, but that's a Tiffany thing. Everyone, Tiffany's really excited Everyone I know that saw Cinderella liked it. That's I good. Mean, at least everyone that I've talked to about it. So, you know, people can yell at me and tell me that I'm wrong, but I liked it. You're um, wrong. Most of my friends that I know that saw it liked it. So. Cool. Yeah, it That's was awesome. Um, I'm excited for Beauty and the Beast too. Yes, I'm very looking forward Ten- to it. Tentatively optimistic, cautiously optimistic. Good. There, there you go. Pro- proper. Next movie I saw, Midnight Special. It's a smaller movie starring Michael Shannon. It was, um, you know, Jeff Nichols. I think that's his name. Jeff Nichols. He directed that movie with that guy, Michael Shannon. Um, okay. Take shelter. Nope. Take Shelter, um, that was a few years ago where Michael Shannon is a crazy guy that wants to make a bunker and I, oh. it, like he's talking about how the end of the world's coming. And is that, is that the one where he like bunker. he has like a he's going around building stuff with with um yeah. with someone and like they go into like houses as they're uh, building things? Am I making no, this up? that's ninety nine homes. Maybe? That might be the one that I'm was that of. came out this year. Oh, this okay. was like four or five years ago. And then I got nothing. Where um. Michael Shannon, and it's all about the the story's all about the strain that it puts on his family that mm-hmm. he's going crazy, and then spoiler alert, turns out he was right, and you oh. know, it's a great movie. Um, this is directed by the same guy, starring the same guy, oh. and it has Joel Edgerton and Kylo Ren, Adam Driver, Adam Driver, and it's about this kid that like it doesn't tell you a lot about it, and I don't want to tell anybody a okay. lot about it. But sounds good. There's a the plot just kind of drops you in halfway through the story and expects you to catch up, and it's really well done to oh, the point cool. to the point where you don't feel weird watching it. Does uh, it? I assume it eventually does go back and eventually you you do it, catch it loop, up. It loops around it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Eventually, but by, by most the, of these types of movies do by like the halfway point, you're definitely caught up. Okay. I would say. Cool. Um, it's really good. It's. Pseudo sci-fi, you know, um, my favorite kind of sci-fi. And <laughs> is it, it like sci-fi that's like kind of based in real-world applications, almost like Primer. Like I don't, kind I'm of, sure you've seen Primer. Of, yeah. Primer, like you don't realize it's a sci-fi movie until you're like, oh, they're traveling through time, type right. of deal. Kind of, uh, a little more sci-fi than that. Oh, well, really? Okay. But um, there was it, time travel. It's really good. I really liked it. It really caught me off guard because I wasn't expecting this kind of movie Mm -hmm. i just heard like i read reviews and they were like it's good and i'm like i know nothing about it i'm gonna watch it and i really enjoyed it i think the fact that i knew nothing about it really helped that's awesome so not gonna say much more about that cool uh the next movie no more questions high rise movie that's the tom hiddleston movie that's the tom hiddleston movie directed by oh god the guy that directed 
Kill List, which I've talked about on this podcast Yeah, so before. you should be his best friend. And another movie called Sightseers. I think his um, name is her. I think I agree. I think his name is her. This was his new movie. Um, it is a really weird... I, I can't even begin to describe it. It's... Is this another movie uh, that you're not going to be able to like talk very no, much about because I, I, spoilery? I, I, or? No, I don't mind spoiling it. It's basically Snowpiercer in a, in a vertical instead of horizontal. Did, did you see Snowpiercer? Yeah. So it's just Snowpiercer vertical. Ben Wheatley. Ben Wheatley. There you go. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so it's so oh, does it like deal with like all the like deals philosophical with, and, so it and stuff deals like that, with that race does? or sorry not race class warfare mm-hmm. and how uh and on a ridiculous kind of uh a ridiculous note kind of like okay. how snowpiercer did yeah, it snowpiercer, i mean i've heard people say like snowpiercer like it has to do with like uh like philosophies and stuff like that and i'm sure that, that that's in there but to me it was mostly about like the class warfare well, yeah, not class but like dystopian class right, stuff right like the, that was the it's, most it's evident. about the, the schism between classes yeah. and and how the it, you know the proletariat and the bourgeoisie all that kind of stuff the discreet charm of it yeah god i learned something in college um it's all about that and cool. this high rise is just not as good Snowpiercer, in really? my opinion. Oh, okay. I thought Tom Hiddleston was great. Uh, Luke Evans plays one of the characters in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also very good. The performances were great. The cinematography and the direction were perfection. Oh, that's good. The story was slightly lacking. Okay. Um, so it was like all style, no substance? Yeah. That. Uh, I left the movie not knowing how I f- how to feel. Like I was like, yeah, that was gorgeous. The performance was great. I don't know if I liked it, and I think it was just there just wasn't enough substance there in That's terms too bad. of story. Well, would you recommend it? I I would recommend it to anyone that's uh, really into film from a visual perspective. Because okay. I think Ben Wheatley does a lot of really cool things. I wouldn't recommend it to your casual film goer, someone that's just looking uh, for good plot, good story, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, it's a little more artsy fartsy would be the best way yeah. to put it. Um, so film school, film student kids would love it. Yeah, film student kids would probably love Those it. Jerks. Um, not I to, was one of them. I'm yeah, not to, to be this. rude to them, but yeah, I hate all film students. Um, I was a bad film student. I never got into all the the artsy fartsy <laughs> crappy movies. I'd That's like, probably why I still respect you. I could do it. Um, they're not good. I know. I there's a spot for them. I get it. But I mean, like. There's a really funny joke on The Office um, when M- Michael Scott's uh, nephew, I believe, played by Luke Evans, or um, the yeah, the, that's the guy who's on American Horror Story and who plays no, who plays Quicksilver. No, 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 in the no. Okay, uh, Luke, Luke, Luke is, Peters, Lucas Peters, Luke, Luke Peters, Luke Peters. Uh, it's, it's that guy. Yes, he, pl- he plays Michael Scott's nephew in yep. one episode, and he's a film student, and his favorite movies are Citizen Kane and Pulp Fiction. <laughs> it's it's like those are like the most stereotypical like. Oh, yeah. Bullcrap movies that people like. Yeah. So, I would recommend it to a select few. Okay. But I still think it was... Our audience. I I think our audience is really, really really smart. Yes. Um, Next movie on my list, The Lobster. I've heard really good things about this one. I actually want to really see it. So, this is a movie that came out technically last year. It was a Sundance movie, right? It's actually when I saw it. I saw it last year. So, I don't know. It came out in theaters, though, about a month ago. Okay. Um, it's 
a really cool like dystopian future where anyone who's single has to go to this hotel where they live for 90 days and if they don't meet someone they have to they get turned into an animal of their choosing and yeah so and the guy has to do with a lobster right right or he, he so picks so a lobster. yeah colin farrell's character picks a lobster as what he wants to be that's very and funny it's a very very dark comedy which is my favorite genre of movie which is probably why i enjoyed it so much i think we're gonna be talking about one of those coming up soon we are um i as someone who loves the genre i really appreciated all the crude like dark humor but it also hit close to home with me on like a personal level which i really enjoyed well you know being single i've Uh. been single for like seven years now so it kind of hit kind of clo- close to home with me. You're a little over your 90 days there. But it's, it, I still loved it. That's good. I, I, I know a lot of people who, when they see parts of themselves in a movie, it puts them off from it. Yeah, like shuts them down. Because people go to movies to escape. So to they, escape, don't, want, they right. don't want that personal I, refl- interpersonal I, reflection. I think it added to my experience in a positive way. Nice. I, I loved the movie. I thought Colin Farrell was phenomenal. I thought... Um, Ben Wishaw was was great too. John C. Riley's in it. He's he's great. Everyone was great. My only issue with it is there's halfway through the movie, the pacing kind of slows down. Okay. And the the humor kind of comes back a little bit. Come so it like becomes they cut, funnier? they cut back on the humor. Oh, they cut so back it, on so it. So it gets it gets to a point where uh, it just lost me a little bit for like. 20 minutes oh, but then yeah. it picks back up and i've had that happen so before. it's more of like an i'd say editing pacing um i think if if it had been cut down just 20 minutes it could, would have been perfect in my opinion huh. but this is like a nine out of ten nice. like i loved it awesome so recommended the highly recommended okay great um next one on my list is the nice guys which is uh. another dark comedy <laughs> from uh the maker of my favorite movie uh, Shane Black. Iron so, Man 3. So this is Shane Black's third directorial movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. He yep. did Iron Man 3. And then he did The Nice Guys. And One of those, or two of those are probably good movies. All three of those are very good movies. I disagree. And I, I know you disagree, and we can have this <laughs> argument another day. But um, The Nice Guys is about two private detectives... Um, Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe who are trying to find this girl. It's a very simple plot. Mm -hmm. It's very Shane Black. It's a buddy cop, dark comedy. Set at Christmas. Set at Christmas. Is it really? You don't find out until like the last scene of the movie and I I died in the theater. I just started cackling. So was that like specifically you think a joke for people who who like him? I think it was. Oh, come on. I very much enjoyed it. Get out of here, pretentious man. Um, I thought it was hilarious. I thought Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe had phenomenal uh, chemistry with each other. Their timing on the jokes like, were, was very witty, mm-hmm. back and forth, great timing. It reminded me so much of uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. They, they, just, they really clicked nice. well, and their characters uh, really um, mirrored each other well and just bounced off of each other. Uh, really well. I cool. I loved it. 
I thought it was hilarious. It, I called it Kiss Kiss Bang Bang 2 Electric Boogaloo, <laughs> obviously. Um, if if you like buddy cop films, if you're into like that lethal weapon, uh, Kiss Which Kiss Bang wrote. Bang. Yeah, Shane Black the Black long Black. kiss goodnight, like all, all the stuff that he did. Uh, wrote in, in at least if you're a Shane Black fan. If you're a Shane Black <laughs> fan, even if you're a dark comedy fan, I think I think it's definitely nice. for you. Do you think this movie is going to do for Russell Crowe what like Pulp Fiction did for um, John Travolta and arguably Kiss Kiss Bang Bang did for Robert Downey Jr.? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think uh, Russell Crowe ever fell off the map quite as much as Robert Downey Jr. I did. guess that's true. I mean, he was doing like. The Miserables and stuff like that. Right. Russell Crowe has always been around. He's just been... Um, I don't think he's as sought he's, after he's, as he was around he's Gladiator He's died times. down. Yeah, so he did Gladiator. He did um, Beautiful Mind. Yep. He's still been in a lot of movies. Um, a lot of blockbusters, too. Like, mm-hmm. he was in The Next Three Days. He was in Robin Hood. Um, yeah, he, but... he's He's in a lot of... You know, actiony, thrillery stuff. Specifically with Robin Hood and the uh, Les Miserables, uh, I've heard I heard horrible things about his performance. Oh, I thought I thought in in terms of Les Mis, I thought he was fine in Les Mis. I'm not a big musical. I thought he theater he guy played and... the role well mm-hmm. of of Javert. He just isn't a good singer, and because <sighs> I, I know like all my um, musical theater friends had a massive issue with with him as Javert. I have a a pretty big issue with him, but not nearly as much as some people. Fair enough. Um, but I don't think it's necessarily necessarily gonna rekindle his career. It wasn't um, just like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. It didn't make a ton of money at the box office. Not a ton of people went out and saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's an issue with these niche comedies that aren't like. Uh, or maybe Seth just... Rogen movies, or you, you know, uh, Judd Apatow. Like it's it's maybe... hard to advertise these movies to people because they're they're such a weird brand of comedy. Maybe it's just that Shane Black is a bad director and he makes garbage movies. That's wow. a joke. That was a wow. Totally joke. I, I, was, I will jump over the table was, and hit you. I'm just busting your chops. No, I know what you mean. Like it's um, I haven't heard anything about it, and I have full faith because of the pedigree of the people who are doing it that right. it's going to be a very good movie. And when I see it, I know I'm going to enjoy it. But I assume I'm going to enjoy it. But I agree. Like, there's just our the climate of movies currently. There's no room for these like mid-budget, um, semi-movie star right. movies anymore. It's either uh, your independent films that go direct to DVD or Sundance route, like The Lobster, like The Lobster, like The Witch, like um, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. But the movies like that, or you have action hero, giant blockbuster, right. um, arguably schlock with your Transformers, your Jurassic Worlds, your Avengers. Right. Um, there's no room for these middle-budget movies anymore. But, but, which... but when you do get to those like mid-budget comedies, it's all, you know, 21 Jump Street, mm-hmm. Neighbors, uh, those kinds of, like, just... They live off of one main star or two main stars mm-hmm. that that really sells the comedy level. They're all either like connected to Judd Apatow or like Adam Sandler right. at this point. Exactly. Like there's like a, a, a studio or like a, a name, a house name that's producing them. Yep. Um, next movie? Yes. Neighbors 2. Oh, hey, we were just talking about that. Um, it's like I planned this. OMG. Um, so Neighbors 2, I was not... Let's go back a few years. Okay. 
2013, no whenever the first Neighbors came out. Couldn't be less interested in it. I was not excited to see Zac Efron in anything. Mm-hmm. I was kind of getting sick of the whole Seth Rogen um, shtick. Yeah. Not not excited for it. Saw a couple of reviews for Neighbors, and I was like, okay, I guess I have to see this. I loved it. It was absolutely... It was hilarious. It was actually, like, good characters that I enjoyed and wanted to see more of. Like, these... It was a well-told story. I loved the first Neighbors. Nice. I never thought I was going to, and I thought it was phenomenal. Flash forward to this year. Neighbors 2 is coming out. I'm really excited for it. And... It was good. It wasn't as good as I wanted it to be, but that might be because I got my expectations up. Do you think that's because you were expecting another sleeper hit like the first one? Or I I think it was because I had high expectations for it. It was funny. Mm -hmm. It was... um, Actually, the story was even more poignant than the first. They actually made it... um, a little more, uh, how do you, I'm not exactly sure how to say it, more political in terms of the plot. Okay. Which made it a little more enjoyable, but at the same time. Oh, yeah, isn't like the main plot for the girls, like the girls can't party. Like, right. Uh, it's, f- it's all about girls. Sororities can't throw right. parties, but fraternities can. Exactly. And that that's just, the that's, that's the main part of it. Yeah. And then it, it gets a little deeper than that. But overall, it was a good movie. Not nearly as good as the first one, but still good. Nice. I thought Rose Byrne was funny. I thought Rose Byrne was hilarious. I thought she was probably the best part of the movie. But Zac Efron was great again, which blows I, my mind. Dave actually, Franco was hilarious in well, like his five minutes of screen time. That's not hard to believe. Um, it it was good, uh, not great. I feel like Zac Efron has is kind of in like a little renaissance of his uh, stuff. I, I I don't know what else, I forget he, what else he's doing. He's but, finally moved past the shadow of High School Musical, which is weird because to me, I, he was always that little dweeby kid who was in High School Musical because High School Musical was way I was not the target demographic and I was in high school when High School Musical came out and that was not the demographic for High School Musical. Um, but I, I'm, he's finally come around to be like, oh, hey, I recognize him as a fine comedic actor at this point. Right. I don't know if he has other depth. I'm sure he'll, at some point in his life, he will do a dramatic role and be like, we'll be like oh, my God. Yeah, like Charlie St. Cloud. Was it? That was him, right? For the dancing one? Was uh, Charlie Bartlett. No, Charlie St. Cloud, bad. Um, the Paperboy, bad. Those are serious movies that he was in. So, oh. Well, he's a chump then. He's, he's a comedic wrong. actor. He should stay a comedic actor. Yeah. The I, best thing he's done is uh, a Vine video, I think, with Charlie Day. And it was fantastic. I believe it. I haven't seen it. Uh, they're neighbors. And it's just them being like, we're neighbors. And that's, that's legitimately the joke. And <laughs> it's just because it's Charlie Day, it's adorable and hysterical. That sounds great. Yes. Next movie? Yeah. Warcraft. Oh. Garbage. Garbage. Move on. Okay. X-Men Apocalypse. <laughs> Garbage. Move on. No, I'm oh. going to go ahead and make my bold statement of the day. That Psylocke was the best part of the movie. X-Men Apocalypse. Okay. There have been four superhero movies this year. That's it? Deadpool. <laughs> okay. Batman v Superman, Donald Justice. Yep. Captain America Civil War. Mm-hmm. And X-Men Apocalypse. Okay. X-Men Apocalypse was the best superhero movie this year. I'm going to say that. 
<laughs> That's my, that is my bold uh, statement uh, of the day. Uh, uh, okay, I haven't seen it. I can't. If, I haven't seen. I've only seen two of those movies. Um, I've seen all four of them. I I don't like any of them. Seriously, seriously, better than Deadpool. I'm, and obviously, Captain America. We'll is, talk. Was, we'll okay, talk we'll get, about we'll, that later. We're gonna get into Captain America right now, but like. I, I just can't fathom this. I mean, that's okay. Why? Why? Um, because of Michael Fassbender, really. <laughs> okay. I I heard that didn't wasn't he phoning in half of his? No, I thought he was phenomenal. Okay. Michael Fassbender was definitely the best part of the movie. But even James McAvoy and I actually liked Oscar Isaac as Apocalypse mm-hmm. like a lot. I know a lot of people have issues with. The fact that he was under so much makeup and wasn't given a lot of room. It was like to... really hammy or something yeah, like that. Or my, I, I thought he was great. I thought the ham actually added to the character because of my familiarity with the character. I thought it fit. Um, my only issue with it was they did voice manipulation and added this weird uh, electronic sound to it sometimes randomly and it didn't fit with like his mood or anything Mm -hmm. it just didn't make any sense to me which is why i had issue with it but overall i actually really enjoyed the movie okay i I would say it's not as good as the other two installments in the series uh which is okay x-men first class and days of future past then i take major umbrage with the fact that you say that this movie was better than even first um Civil War. When I I pers- I personally believe that Civil War is better than either of those two movies you just listed. You think Civil War is better than X Men First Class? Yes. You're drunk. X Men First Class was fine. It, it, I you know I've actually never been that big a fan of the X Men movies. Like they're they're cool and um I love Nightcrawler and um that's about it. The rest of them I don't think really hold up for me. But that's you're insane. I guess I don't know. I'll fight you. That's fine. How did they handle my two favorite mutants, which are Nightcrawler and Archangel? I thought Nightcrawler was great. I thought Archangel was fine. Did he have a relationship with Psylocke? Uh, no one had a relationship with Psylocke. Not yeah. even, not, <laughs> not even Olivia Munn had a relationship with Psylocke <sighs> because Psylocke was the most cardboard, like poor shoehorned boobs in the history of film like she was bad that's too bad i i would have preferred it like they really shoehorned in a lot of characters into this movie okay because it seemed like they were trying to you know set up the future of the franchise which was probably my biggest issue with the movie which is why i didn't which is why i didn't love it that's why spider-man amazing spider-man 2 is the biggest piece of poop Right. Like, no, that's the main reason why that movie faltered, specifically right. Spider-Man Two, because they tried, they spent so much time setting trying up, to like, set up other Sinister movies, Six and, and they didn't have, an, they didn't focus on making that movie itself good. I agree. So I assume that's what happened here. Yeah. That, and that's... so you're admitting that it's bad. Oh, I'm not saying it's a good movie. <laughs> oh, well, let me let me be clear. I didn't like any superhero movie that came out this year. Wow. Do you think that's because you're just burnt out on them, or just because you well, don't think they're good movies? I think we should get to that conversation once we start talking about Civil War. Well, why don't we shift gears and talk about Civil War, then? Because, uh, unless you, you have more things to say about... Let me... I want to rapid-fire get through the rest of my oh, movie list. Oh, you have list. more? I have five Jesus more movies Christ. on the list. All right, all right, rapid-fire. Rapid-fire. I'm shutting up. Angry Birds movie. Awful. Why? Absolutely awful. Um, Not as bad as Warcraft, surprisingly. Um, The Invitation. This is a movie I need you to see. It's okay. a it's a sleeper thriller movie about these 
this couple that goes off the grid for two years, comes back, invites their friends over for a dinner party. That's the plot. I'm not going to tell you anymore. You'd see it. I think it's right up your alley. Sounds like a spooky movie. Anyone who likes like spooky, thrillery, uh, just fun time movies. Okay, if they're inviting for a dinner party, is it all one location? It is all one location. Okay. It's all in a house. I'm going to reserve judgment for this because every other movie I've ever seen that tries to do the one location, be clever about it, outside of Saw and Pulp Fiction. Is that the one where they're all in the... No, Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. I'm not a Tarantino fan. It's all right. Uh, have failed spectacularly. So hopefully this one works. I think you'll enjoy it. I th- I enjoy it mostly for the uh, theming and the character development of the main character. Okay. Um, are you thinking theming. of sequelitis? Yeah, so sequelitis. Theming, interesting. Uh, yep, yep. <laughs> I saw the, that look in your eyes and I'm like, we're both thinking of the same thing. That's exactly what I, I'm I really about. enjoyed it for theming and the, the character development of the main character who's played by some guy that I can't remember his name. It's Don't really good. Um, and Daria Naharis is in the movie. So, Which one? Uh, the second one. Okay. Okay, see it. Next one, Eye in the Sky. Phenomenal movie about so little. Like, there's so little plot to it, but there's so much tension to it. It's really good. I'm not going to get into it much because we've already spent so much time on all these other movies okay it's got alan alan rickman r.i.p it's got helen mirren it's got aaron paul phenomenal cast great movie sounds good uh keanu the key and peel oh, movie bad garbage absolute garbage it i love key and peel i think they're hilarious i think there were very far funny parts to the movie but it's a extent it's just like um any seth MacFarlane movie it's 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 a sketch that's been extend, extended for that's... too long so that was a bad movie. Okay, let's get back now to Civil War. Okay. So this is the only movie on my list that you've seen. Correct. How uh, many movies oh, did you have actually, on your list total? There, wait, there was one, one, one more movie that I saw last night. I'll, real I'm quick. being quiet. Pop star, never stop, never stopping. Oh, I I, I, I wanted to they, bring this up earlier when we talked about Andy Samberg. I wish they had called this pop star, never stop popping. That's I, what I wanted them to call I it. I would have been fine with that. I also liked the title that they went with, Never Stop, Never Stopping. That is funny. It was good. It was funny. It was great. It's trying to be Spinal Tap without the wit or um, grace that Spinal okay. Tap had, but it's still great. Huh. I thought it was hilarious. I love The Lonely Island. Um, I do like Lonely Island. That, that's When we were talking about Sandberg, that was one of the things I was going to talk about that I really enjoyed him doing was Lonely Island specifically. Yeah. I... I thought it was a hilarious movie. I loved it. Um, I'll definitely see it again. Nice. I'll, so that was real quick. Nito Burrito. Now let's go back to Civil War. Okay. Great movie or greatest movie? <sighs> okay movie. Okay. See, I... All right. I guess I'm going to have to take the stance of enjoying it because I fell kind of in the middle on this one. Um, while... I think it was a very good Avengers movie. As a cat movie, I was left a little bit wanting. Um, it's been a while since I've seen it at this point, so I might not. Yeah, have me the most. too. We should really should have done a uh, episode, you know, when it came out in May. We tried to. We did, and it fell through multiple times. Yeah. But anyway, so I what I really liked about the movie was um, basically like the action set pieces. I thought were mostly well handled. I'm not a big fan of the Russo brothers direction. I don't think they can direct action very well, but some of the, um, big ones, um, like the, the airport sequence was 
uh, awesome. I, I, I will not argue with you yeah. there. The airport sequence is easily the best part of the movie. Correct. And probably the only thing that I, I can say I genuinely loved about the movie. Uh, genuinely loved, I will agree with you, but I did like other parts of it. Like, I liked Black Panther. I thought he was really good. I feel like he kind of came into the movie fully formed, and I'm very excited for his movie now, whereas I wasn't before. I agree. I'm not a big Black Panther comic book guy, uh, and every time he's ever shown up in in a book, um, Hickman's Avengers run specifically, or New Avengers run, he's always been the least interesting to me, or one of, but uh, I'm very looking forward to where they go from here with him. Uh, I'm super excited for the new Spider-Man movie. I think Tom Holland is tied with Tobey Maguire for best Spider-Man. I think he was fantastic. I do not necessarily believe that he needed to be in the movie. Okay. Like, that, I, I agree. That's, that he, that's my biggest issue with Spider-Man in the movie. Is that I, he doesn't need to be I there. I think Tom Holland was a phenomenal casting choice. Mm-hmm. I think he was amazing. I'm so excited for Homecoming. Oh, God, they, yeah. They shoehorned him into this movie for no reason there's no reason other than to set up spider-man homecoming i i agree with you like there is a plot reason as to why he is there and why tony goes to see him there is but it's so flimsy it is contrived i agree like it's it's been out for so long people like because he goes to see spider-man to because he wants the web fluid right that's the main reason he's there because he wants a way to contain steve without hurting him yep and he just happens to see, he find um, Peter, and he, he falls in love with him, and sees himself in him, and or sees Steve in him, basically, yeah. is, is he, he, which worked. I mean, like that. I, I don't think, think that worked. Did. You don't think that the Brooklyn no. Queens thing, no. like I thought that was relatively clever. It's a nice way to connect the, those two characters, and I thought that he fit really, really well. I don't think it worked at all. Okay. And I, I thought Spider-Man felt completely shoehorned, and. I, I don't have I don't see any reason why he's there other than to suck time from a movie that's already too long. Oh come on, there are so, like this okay is a, I, this I, is a I two agree. and a half hour movie. I agree. That felt like it was like four hours. I agree it's too long, but I don't. If they were gonna cut anything, I don't think it should have been the Spider Man sequences because the Spider Man sequences were fantastic, and there was other boring stuff that they could have cut, well, like I, UN don't, stuff. Don't and, worry, I think they should have cut that stuff too. Yeah. <laughs> I think this movie should have been 90 minutes yeah. max. Um, well, I mean, you can't have a Marvel movie now that's not over two hours. Well, yeah, that's because they have to set up so much stuff in the for the future. Yeah. And, and, you know, insert characters that don't need to be in it to set up a new f- movie that they're going to release and later... Who are you talking, like, talking Spi- about? Spider-Man? Or, or even... Black Panther didn't seem as shoehorned, but... He was, like, the main crux yeah, of, of I, the... I agree. I agree. The, the Wakandans were the main crux of the, I, the plot. I would have preferred it if it. they had him in the movie as just T'Challa and in, not the and actual... not Black Panther. Mm-hmm. I would have been more okay with that. Yeah. I still liked him. I thought Chadwick Boseman was great. Once again, I, like I didn't hate Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. I just hated the fact that he was in the movie and didn't seem to add anything to it. And T'Challa added much more than Tom Holland did for me. Much more. Yeah, but... And was more integral to the plot, which is why I'm not saying get rid of him. Okay, I'll give you that. Um, You know what I actually really didn't... I'm 100% sick of at this point is I'm sick of Bucky. I I think Bucky is a... In this movie, I feel like he was a boring character. And I I feel like they retread way too much um, ground that they went over in the the second movie. In in Winter Winter Soldier. Soldier. Yeah. It was basically Winter Soldier 0.5. I agree. And 
that was frustrating because um, there was so much other interesting stuff in the Civil War aspect of the movie yeah. that I feel like they could have focused on more and just kind of and had Bucky be playing a different role other than like I was I was fine with him being the one full spoilers here I was fine with him being the one that they think set off the bomb and then he actually wasn't but right. then as soon as they started going back to the brainwashing stuff and as soon as he got re-brainwashed yep. that was ridiculous yeah I I I completely agree I thought mm-hmm. Bucky was severely mishandled yes. I thought he was um, too much involved in the plot too I agree too much involved I wanted more uh, Cap and Tony like mm-hmm. I wanted more Steve and Tony because that's what Civil War is all about yeah um like, why call it Civil War if not to have more Cap and Tony going at it? Um, I Too much Bucky. Honestly, I thought Baron Zemo was oh, yeah. one of the worst villains to exist in in the MCU. And you know what? I'm going to throw in Guy Pierce as just above him. I think was Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce was the Mandarin. I'm putting that in quotes. Oh, in Iron yeah, Man 3. okay. I thought Baron Zemo was Ugh. just as bad. I thought I thought this was he was an awful villain. His character motivations for me were flimsy at best, and for a character, I did like that they tried to keep him grounded in reality mm-hmm. and have him be like super manipulative and not have the purple face type of thing but like, like but yeah, but he didn't movie. he he did what loki tries to do not as well in my but opinion but he succeeds but mm, his the but, way he succeeded was he the dumbest way yeah, exactly like, exactly there's there is no way that he could have known that tony was going to show up yep. or that um the the chain of events that he had to luck into like him just breaking into the like that was part of the reason why i had a big issue with uh uh, bucky getting re-brainwashed is he literally just walks into a facility and and he's like oh this is a shield facility with a highly um a uh, a prisoner who's being transferred but you know i'll just walk in and kill three guards and and we're there yeah i that was frustrating i thought that um baron zemo was awful i thought baron zemo was awful too much bucky which in made Baron Zemo kind of necessary to the plot. I wanted more civil war, mm-hmm. which didn't, it wasn't helped by having all this brainwashing yeah. and winter soldier, more winter soldier plot line. I liked Zemo's um, motivation. I thought his, that his was a really good character I, motivation. I and, and I liked the, the, the phone thing that was really effective. Yep. And I thought that was, that was really, really good. And I, I liked how he, um, that this is why I think Black Panther was important. How him and Black Panther kind of mirrored each other because they were both out for vengeance based on I, their family. I being, can agree. And Black yeah. Panther at the end prevents him from killing uh, himself. Himself. Yeah. Um, to like, and that's like kind of like a, a arc, an yep. arc, hey, in a movie uh, for uh, for Black Panther, which is I'm, part of the reason why I liked Panther. Yeah, I'm not saying I hated Black Panther. That's well, you're well, saying you hated the movie, he, so I hate my, you. He's one of my least. He's one of the smallest issues I have with the movie. Do you have any other issues with like any of the other like um, Avengers? Like I think Hawkeye okay. just showing up that bothered Hawkeye me. Hawkeye just showing up bothered me. They shoehorned. They super shoehorned. I, I keep saying shoehorned. Paul Rudd. Uh, no, Paul Rudd. I was actually totally fine with. The reason he they, was there, I think, was dumb. To balance him being there was a team. That was exactly. It was also oh, we can have six on each side. Him, but um, him in the movie, he was like the most fun part of the movie was, to me. He yeah. is. He is leaps and bounds 
much better of an actor than the majority of the people in oh, this film. And it, and it shines on screen. Like, oh, yeah. He embodies that character so effortlessly, whereas everyone else kind of sometimes look like they have like a like a, a puppet up their yep. hand and that's moving them. They look really stiff and wooden. Paul Rudd is just so effortless and, and fluid. It's perfect. I thought I loved him and I loved the giant man reveal. That, yes. that made me so happy. That was spoiled for me before I saw the movie. Was that, it spoiled for you? No, it wasn't. Do you know how it was spoiled for me? Freaking on the back of a Funko Pop. They have <sighs> they had like the figures and then one of them was Giant Man and I was like, oh. Thanks. I that guess sucks. he's going to be in the movie. That sucks. It was, I, that, I, oh, I was so excited when that happened. But another thing that I really didn't like was how... This is what I was about to say before. Yes. Sorry how shoehorned the Vision, oh, that word. the Vision Scarlet Witch love story was into I, this movie. I feel like it, they're, they're seeding it from, for the future, maybe? It didn't feel like... It didn't feel... <laughs> this is going to be a weird word. Organic to me. Hey, the vision's a robot. Exactly. That's what, why I thought that word was no, funny. I know, but I know. it didn't feel. It it felt very forced, in my opinion. It it was a it was an example of um, telling not showing because we've only like yes we we got from the first movie their creation is kind of intrinsically tied to each other right. based on Ultron um, because that's how they're both created got their powers. But in this one, it's basically, it's like some time's passed, so we're assumed that they've grown really close, and I don't remember very much in the movie telling, or showing me that. I was mm-hmm. feel like I was more told it. I agree. Yeah, I, I agree with that assessment. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I can see the reasons why they would be like that, but it was more like we were just, they, we were given that exposition it, in order to inform the character motivations later in the film. Yep. Um, another one. Sorry, if I'm overstepping. Uh, no, no, I, I'm fine. Okay, Cause, uh, the one of the other kind of issues for me, and I know I've said before that the the fight in the um, airport was like the best part of the movie, and it is, is just some of some of the motivations for those characters being there. Mm-hmm. Well, I've already said this, like Hawkeye just showing up. It didn't feel natural, and it didn't feel proper. It was just basically them like, look, we're gonna have all these people punch each other. Yep. And it specifically came out when like. Uh, Hawkeye and Black Widow were fighting and they were like we're still friends yeah blah 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 that was another example of telling and not showing like you could have just had this is okay this is 100% Tiffany's um, words and opinion and I'm saying it right now Um, you could have just had Black Widow and Hawkeye fighting each other and then have like and have it be kind of like oh and then have Scarlet Witch come in throw Black Widow away and be like, you're pulling your punches. And that would have said everything that you needed because right. you, don't, you don't need to have them have their witty little banter. Like, only Joss Whedon can really do that. Yep. And even he's lacking recently. I agree. But um, an- Another issue, and I think this kind of I know ties what into what you're saying. Yeah. This movie didn't feel like it had any stakes. Yes, I This agree. movie had absolutely no stakes to it. Until the very end, and even then, it was like, oh... Because at the very end, it was like a twist reveal that you were like, oh, I guess all this fell into position. It was only when Tony and Steve were fighting that I felt like something bad could happen. Everything else did not feel... I did not feel tension or like anything bad was going to happen to any of these heroes. I, I agree. But even, even at that point, once like Tony and Steve were fighting... Mm-hmm. I was borderline checked out. Okay. Like, and that might be more my issue, but I had, I was so irritated with the movie and I felt like I'd been there for like three hours. Well, at that point you almost had been. And I just, I was checked out and I was like, nothing's going to happen to any of these people because 
they're too important. And I, I, I just wish something had happened to someone. I, I really, Rody got paralyzed, yeah, that, but that was the dumb. Okay, I, I know I'm. I've been saying I like this movie, but like I do have, I do have a lot of issues with it. And the only reason you just that like I'm, it more than me. I like it, exactly. <laughs> that's the thing is, I like it more than you, but like I definitely have major issues with it. And like Rody getting injured was the stupidest thing. Like it, him getting injured had nothing to do with the plot, or like it was, it was an accident, and right. it, but it was a ridiculous accident that mm-hmm. like it didn't have a direct it wasn't a direct consequence of what was going on mm-hmm. i feel i feel like because vision could have just flown after them as opposed to shooting his his bolt like the the way that it happened was in like ridiculous and yep. i don't think that it was a effective way of getting that character injured if he had been injured during the fight proper then i feel like it would have been a lot more um intense because like if say i don't know uh, Rody was on, who was like if Giant Man had accidentally like flicked him and it like he hit a hit a wall and that broke his back like if it was an accident caused by the other team right then I feel like it would have had held a lot more weight but because it was an accident by the Vision it just felt silly like yeah I'm, overall there were this was a very unpolished film in my opinion I agree I would say it could have used a lot more script work because. Yes, there were some great com- comedic parts. I I will not argue with that. I thought yep. most of the comedy. <laughs> the move up. I thought most of the comedy in this movie landed very well. Bucky and Falcon, I think, were Bucky clearly the, the comedic relief. I, I thought there was there was great comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Paul Rudd was very funny Obviously. in his part. Best part of the movie. But um, overall, it needed some script work. It needed some editing down and. I think um, the Russo brothers are bad directors of action. I am I am very nervous for Infinity War at this point. I completely um, agree. Before we move on to that, I, I Civil War. I think it was very good. I think it was. I haven't seen. I think Deadpool was better than it. I haven't seen the other two Batman v Superman or um, Apocalypse, but I'm willing to bet it's better than those. Personal opinion. Um, I also think Deadpool's better than it. To, to be fair. Good. Um, what was I going to say? I do not think this is the best superhero movie, and I do not think this is the best Marvel movie. This isn't even the best Captain I, America movie. I think it's insane that people are saying that it is the best Marvel movie. Yeah, I find that insane. Do so, people forget the Avengers? Like Avengers, the uh, first Avengers. The, the, Yes, the first Avengers is amazing for what it accomplished. Like yes. that, the moment, the the three sixty spin yeah, in the battle, all of Battle of New York is. I, I would an say, achievement. Um, objectively speaking, not bringing into my per like my personal. I Get think that Iron Man three. I think the Avengers here. is the most well shot of okay. all the the Marvel movies. The best scripting of mm-hmm. all the Marvel movies, and how do I put this? Um, it. Well handles the characters that it includes in its script. Yes. Um, I think that, objectively speaking, if the Avengers isn't in like your top three, you're insane. I agree. And if you have Civil War above the Avengers, you're batshit. <laughs> That's fair. I think, um, personally for me, um, Winter Soldier is above Avengers. I love um, Winter Soldier. And that's just because it was more focused uh, of, of course, Avengers on rewatching it, um, it 
it spends a lot of time setting everything up and yep. basically the whole second act on a helicarrier kind of drags for me mm-hmm. but uh winter soldier i think is start to finish just uh, an amazing thrill ride and it, it's the russo brothers actually working i completely um, agree and it, it's a great like spy thriller yes. kind of it, it, it's it's an it's a different genre movie than most of the Marvel movies so it really played well for me at least it's I it's either my second or third favorite Marvel movie I you know not not gonna argue about it but Iron Man 3 is my favorite (laughs) no that's fair I'm I'm, I can't say I'm I'm partial to Shane Black's writing I bust on you but that's totally legitimate so horrible I I agree like Winter Soldier and Avengers are definitely better than this but I agree I would agree I would say that at least half of the Marvel movies are better than this. So, are you excited for the future of superhero movies? I am no longer excited for the future of superhero tie-in movies. Uh, what do you I'm, mean? I'm more excited for the the solo movies. Okay. Like, I loved Ant-Man. Yes, Ant-Man I was absolutely great. loved Ant-Man because it had so little to do mm-hmm. with the... Avengers World and Infinity yeah. Stones and all this stuff. I loved Guardian the Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy, even though it did have an Infinity Stone. It still felt disconnected from the MCU as a yep. whole. I'm getting a little irritated with the fact that so many of these movies have to have two or three Avengers in them. Like I think that's why Captain America failed so much for me mm-hmm. because so many people felt like they definitely didn't need to be in it and it could have been more focused and done better with the characters that it should have been there okay um i'm excited for dr strange i think dr strange is going to be very interesting i don't know very much about the character and i've never really liked the character so that's part um, of the reason why i'm excited for the movie i would highly suggest you like jason aaron his uh, current I've, I've run, read the first issue of his current his run. current runs great mm-hmm. i really like it I, I don't know if you liked the first issue I would highly suggest it. Um, the I was real... never huge into Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. but I, I'm loving this run. The only real reason that I've liked um, Jason Aaron is because he took over Thor. So that's the only that's right. the only thing I've ever read by him. Yep. And it is fine. It's really good. Um, I'm, I'm not a big fan of where he currently is with it. It's still fine, but it's not as strong as it was when he first started. Yeah. Personally. But overall, I'm still going to see the movies... I'm going to be more excited for the solo, uh, less connected movies. So, so how do you think Thor Ragnarok's going to be? Thor Ragnarok? Because, um, I mean, I've been hearing a lot of things about, one, it's going to involve an Infinity Stone, and two, there's definitely going to be at least two Avengers in it. I, I'm cautiously optimistic, mostly because the first Thor is one of my favorite Marvel movies, mm-hmm. personally. I absolutely love Kenneth Branagh's direction yep. i love the shakespearean um elements that are they're you know woven into yes. the plot i love the world that they build in asgard i love it mm-hmm. uh my issue with thor 2 was that too much of it spent time outside on earth it was too much earth based okay. for, for that's, me that's for me i actually least. i actually like it when thor goes to earth my issue with the second one is the villain malekith, well, yeah, malekith yes. was horrible that, that, he's horrible but for the most part my issue was that it spent too much time on earth specifically mm-hmm. 
And I've heard that this movie's going to spend a lot of time. It's going to be all in space. Not just in Asgard, but also other places in space. So I'm. That's why I'm cautiously optimistic. I think, as long as the inclusion of Hulk can be feel organic, mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. The rumors that I've heard, it actually does sound a little shoehorned, but where it ends up, I think, is going to be awesome. Yeah. And then I think the third act will be fantastic. Yes. I'm Based on Hulk and Thor are the two strongest MCU like, characters. Like I said, cautiously optimistic. And the fact that it's not, like, blowing up to be, like, a Civil War kind of thing. Yeah. Like, that, that's... I feel like because Captain America got so popular, they were like, let's make his third movie... Like another Avengers yeah. movie. Sticking the fact Robert that Thor isn't like the biggest. He's Mar- still Marvel a B. Movie. I would argue he's still a B list character, I, I even would... though he's had two movies. Yeah, I don't think he's he's definitely not one of the breakouts are very popular. Exactly, that's, Loki, and, is... and that's why I'm God. excited for his movie. Yeah, um, but overall, what about like the DC stuff that's coming up, like Suicide Squad, or like like do you feel like I, there's like a I have, I have zero uh, the for me personally mm-hmm. the bubble has popped. Oh, okay, I'm. Basic, for superhero movies, I'm basically right? done. I will see them, but I'm not going to get super excited like and go see them at midnight like I, I used to. My excitement level has definitely dipped, specifically after Ultron. That that was the moment when I was like, oh, okay. I, mean, I don't know if it was because Ultron wasn't that good. Yeah. I mean, Ultron was... I think Ultron was fine. I'm more of an Ultron apologist than anything. Me too. I, I enjoyed it, but it was... I think it was mostly the marketing for that because I knew most of that movie beat for beat going in because yeah, exactly. I'd seen a lot in the trailers. Yep. And so it just felt like not as exciting. And I don't know if that was just because it's we've already seen all these characters together. So that initial rush of, oh my God, they're all together on the screen has worn off. And so like we've already had that big climax. We had the Avengers. We had them all come together. And this, the follow-up just wasn't as satisfying. So I think that has incredibly deflated my opinions or my excitement level for these. And the same thing with Civil War. I wasn't that excited going into it, which I think is why I got a little bit more out of it yeah. than most. See, yeah, the bubble hadn't quite popped for me. Or more out of it than you, I'm sorry. Uh, see, like for Avengers Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. I liked it. I found myself liking it more than most people. and then, But then Ant-Man really like made me feel good about Marvel movies again. Nice. And then, that makes sense. And then Civil War, like... I've never felt this bad about Marvel movies, even after even after like Thor, Hulk, even after Thor two, which I didn't love. I think Thor two, people, a lot of people would say is the worst. Outside, I, of, no, no, Iron, Iron Man, Man two Iron Man is two, the sorry. worst. Sorry, but uh, Thor two Hold was on. late, late enough. And in, in... my my name's Tiffany. I love Iron Man two, and leave me alone. Uh, Tiffany really likes Iron Man two, so uh, I, I need to voice her opinion. I'm, I'm okay with that. Sticking up for your wife. Yes, um, but Thor two, which was later in the the run of Marvel movies yeah. didn't even make me lose faith as much as Civil War. So that's fair. Um, yeah, nice. well, I, I would say overall less excited, significantly less excited about all Marvel, all Marvel movies. I'm after Dawn of Justice. I, I don't care <laughs> about DC movies. Yeah. Well, though I never really care about DC Wonder movies, Woman to be fair. Oh, I, that's right. That's Wonder Woman. I am a little excited about because I thought Wonder Woman was great in Dawn of Justice. Nice. And Batman was fine. But yeah. that's it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I think that that wraps it up for our movies episode here. 
Uh, unless there's anything else that you would need to say. No, I think I think we've covered a yeah, lot. We talked for a long time. Sorry about that, everybody. Hope you all enjoyed it. <laughs> so anyways, um, thank you all for joining us. Um, once again, uh, we are No Refunds. We are Nonsensical Ramblings Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want to drop us an email, it is norefundspodcast at gmail.com. Um, thank you very much to uh, Haverhill uh, HC Media for uh, hosting our, our, um, our podcast. And uh, thank you to uh, Kevin McLeod of Incompetent.com for composing our theme song.